0: Good morning again. Everybody praise God for the rain this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Now today we're going to be diving into a pretty familiar text that most of you guys are already familiar with. But uh, I want us to really listen carefully to what God is teaching us today. Because this message will completely put you in check. But it also will help you to open your eyes to see some things that we all need to see, including pastor. But I'm mainly speaking today to those individuals outside of our walls. And that's interesting because how do I speak to those people outside of the church today except through you guys? And also through this thing called Internet. So if you are listening today on the internet, and it may be ten years from now or whenever it may be, I believe God has a word for you. And the reason that God is teaching us this lesson today is because our world today has a, has a very false, ungodly view of the way that we are called to worship God. In fact, over the years, I've heard this one statement. I don't know how many times, over and over and over again, that individuals would tell me that you know what? I, I don't need to go to church. I don't have to go to church because I worship God my own way. Everybody say my own way. In other words, that that sounds pretty good in the natural sense, and it sounds okay to the common way of thinking. But in the way that God thinks, that's pretty foolish. Because there is a certain way that we are called to worship God. In fact, that's a little bit prideful, a little bit arrogant, and a little bit ungodly, all wrapped in one. Simply because it completely contradicts what God tells us in His Word. In fact, His Word is the only guidelines that we have on how we are to worship God today. Can I get an amen? Amen. In fact, the Bible says in Hebrews 10 and 25, He said, Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as we see the day of Christ approaching. In other words, the closer we get to the day of God coming back for His church, the more we need to be in here. Come on, amen. But we all know that verse in the Bible where it says in Proverbs 14 and, 12, 14 and 12, I believe it is, that there's a way that seems right to a man. But in the end, it leads to death. In other words, it doesn't matter how sincere you may be in worshiping God. At the same time, you could be sincerely wrong. If it does not line up according to His powerful and anointed word. In fact, Jesus said in Mark 7 and 9, He said, you have a fine way of setting aside the commands of God in order to observe your own traditions. And so now let's go to our text this morning. It's found in the book of John, chapter 4, verse 23 and 24. And while you're making your way there, John 4, 23 and 24, once you find your place, stand this morning for the reading of God's Word. But what's taking place here is that Jesus is is having a conversation with a Samaritan woman at the well. In fact, we find Jesus in that story. He tells that woman, You Samaritans, you worship what you do not know. And we worship what we do know. In other words, you have been doing it wrong in the way you have been doing things. And so basically Christ is rebuking her. So our text is found in John 4, 23 and 24. If you got your place, say amen. The Bible says, Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for the introduction of your sermon today. I thank you for the reading of your word today. I thank you for this week giving me the opportunity to be your messenger. And even though, God, sometimes you give give me things that are not pleasing to the ear, but are things that people need to hear. And I believe, Lord, that we are in a generation that deeply needs to hear this message today. And so, Father, I just pray that you'd quicken each and every one of us today in a supernatural way and just open our ears and give us revelation knowledge today that we may leave this place and expound into people's lives the things you are calling us to teach. Father, use these lips of clay of mine today that I may speak the oracles of God clearly in all that I say and do. Hide your servant behind the cross and may Christ be glorified in each and everything I say and do. In Jesus' name, God's people said, Amen, and Amen. you may be seated. Let's begin this morning with the title of our lesson, which is simply called, The True Worshippers of God. The True Worshippers of God. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, Neighbor, do you consider yourself being a true worshiper of God? And if you are, do you know the guidelines of being a true worshiper? Let me break that down for you today. In, in other words, if there is such a thing as a true worshiper of God, then there must also most definitely be a false worshiper of God. Can I get an amen? In fact, Paul, he tells us in 2 Timothy 4, 3 and 4. Y'all know this. For a time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead to suit their own desires, they'll gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears desire to hear. They'll turn aside to miss. They'll turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to miss. Turn away from the truth. Turn to lies. This week... I had an unusual opportunity because I have a friend. I'm not going to give you his name because that wouldn't be fair to him since I'm talking about him. But I've been friends with this man or this boy or young man when we were in high school ever since we were just kids, man, back in the, in the 80s or whatever. But my friend, is he has a problem. He's gay. And he's not just a little gay but big gay. But his problem is is that he, in his heart, in his way of thinking, in his way of believing that he is right with God and that he will go to heaven. And so I get a message from him saying how how he appreciated me, that I never judged him and never looked down on him or whatever, but... But what he did not know is, is, is for the past probably 15 years or more, I've been praying for that opportunity to witness to this man, to try to get him out of his false religion, if you would, and get him right with God. And, and would you all like to hear that message? Would you like me to read it to you? Because, uh, yeah, I, I don't mind sharing. Because, you know, sometimes we can learn from from, from how we how I preach or how I talk to others outside. So I'll just let you get in my conversation. I'm not going to give you his name, though. Don't go looking at my Facebook friends for funny-looking, sissy-looking guys because that ain't going to help because there's one of them that was supernaturally saved years ago and was gay. He still looks a little feminine, but he's saved. He's right with God because now he likes men. I mean, he likes women. <laughs> Whoo! Help me, Jesus. But anyway, my friend said I... I appreciate you and thanks for not judging me. I got beaten up by you twice in school for being gay. Now I don't remember that, but I'm not saying that ain't true because I walked a lot of people. And, and and I know I know I appreciate you for being the person you are today. I had the courage to make this happen this morning. So here's my response. I said, Hey brother, I, I beat up a lot of people in my day and I I can't remember if I ever hurt you, but if I did, I deeply apologize for being ungodly to you. I said, you know, when a man receives a report from the doctor and the doctor doesn't tell him the bad news, I said, but when the doctor tells him the bad news, he does it because he cares for him. He tells him the bad news because he wants to save his life. Can I get an amen? I said, I've never judged you for your choices in life just like you haven't judged me for mine, and I thank you again. But I have changed my lifestyle. I've turned my ungodly behavior, that's called repentance, and I have been forgiven, and I'll never return back to my old lifestyle ever again because I know that would be crucifying my Lord afresh. So I ask you as a good friend, if you would please turn from this gay lifestyle, that will certainly condemn you in the end. I said, heaven won't be the same without you. So please read the scriptures carefully and take note of them and take them to your heart. For these are not my words, but the words of God. And remember, I'm just like the doctor who cares. I'm not your enemy, but your long-time friend. And so, of course, I gave him plenty of words. I mean, if you're going going to preach to somebody, back it up with scriptures. Now, he went ghost on me. Hadn't heard a word from him since. But God's word does not return void. And I'm sure it will be one Sunday I'll be up here giving some praise for what God did in that man's life, I hope. So we're going to begin this morning, verse 23, in the center of it. We're going to begin in the center of 23B, which says, For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. And so, neighbor, what this is telling us is that not only is God watching us on a daily basis, but He is also in the process of looking for certain types of worshipers. In fact, God has always been in the process of looking for men and women who would worship Him according to His will. And so we read in Psalms 53 and 2, the Bible says, God looks down from heaven on the sons of men to see if there's any who understand and any who seek God. Isn't that interesting? And we find in Genesis 6 and 8, But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Isn't it interesting? We got rain today and we're talking a little bit about Noah. Amen. Amen. And so there had to be something about Noah that set him apart from all the other people of the world in his day. And so as I began to look through scriptures, I find little clues that will help us to understand what it was about Noah that set him apart from everybody else in the entire world. We find in Peter, I believe it's the first epistle epistle of Peter. I didn't even write it down. But it's, it's Peter 3 and 12. It says, For the eyes... Of the Lord upon the righteous. And his ears are attentive to their prayer, but the face of the Lord is against those who do what is evil. And so Noah he must have been doing something right. He must have been an upright, righteous man, not perfect, but a man who deeply loved God, who loved his ways, and he was considered a a righteous man by God. And so the only way that, that Noah could have been a righteous man of God. Was that he had to be walking by what? Faith. He must have been a faith walker. In fact, we find that in Hebrews 11 and 7. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. And by his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. We read in Second Peter 2 and 5. If God did not spare the ancient world when he sent the flood on the ungodly people but protected Noah, a preacher of righteousness, and, and seven others. Now we're going to talk about something that I call the FFO. The FFO. But we're going to get to that in just a minute. But here's what I want you to think about. Out of the entire world... Eight people were saved. That's not many, is it? I don't know how many people were in the world of the days of Noah, but there had to be quite a few. But eight people in all made it. This week I sent a a message on Facebook. I have, just on the Stained Red page, I have over 850 people as friends, or close to it. And I said, hey, if you consider yourself a friend, just... Pray for my friend, and y'all know who I'm talking about this morning. he needs prayer we need a miracle from god and 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 unfortunately, out of eight hundred and something people, I got like 60, 60 responses, something wrong with that isn't there when i, I I'm posted something about my son's birthday and I got sixty more than that come on amen and i i could i could I could talk about anything and get more than that. But here a man fighting for his life. And a man of God is asking for people to get in agreement with him to pray with him. Hardly nobody's responsive. And so we're going to talk about the FFO this morning. The FFO. And I'm going to give you three clues, first of all. First of all, we see in Hebrews, 11:6. 6. This is Noah. Without faith, it is impossible please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he is and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So, so Noah, he had holy fear, he had holy faith, and he had what? He was keeping in faith. He's working what he had. And so one of the F's is the faith. Faith. Second would be fear. And in holy fear, he built an ark to save his family. Faith and fear. Let's look into fear. Deuteronomy 6 and 13, the Bible says, Fear the Lord your God and serve Him only and take your oaths in His name. Romans 3, 17 and 18, The eye and and the way of peace they do not know and there is no fear of God before their eyes. Revelations 14 and 7, speaking of the angel. And he said in a loud loud voice, Fear God and give him glory for the hour of his judgment have come and worship him who made the heavens and the earth and the sea faith fear and what did what did Noah do out of fear he did something didn't he worked his obedience obedience faith fear and obedience faith without works is dead Number three, Noah was obedient to his calling, what he was created by God to do. God created Noah for this purpose. He was a preacher of righteousness. He was called by God to share the truth that a a flood was coming and that we must turn from our wickedness and trust God and escape. Faith, fear. He feared God because he knew if he did not create this ship, he would also perish with everybody else. And so his faith and his fear was working together to create something called obedience. Are you with me? See, we have faith in God. And when we have faith in God, we should also fear God. We don't have fear of God anymore in the churches, which is wrong. I mean, we're not supposed to walk around shaking that thing. He's mad at us because he's not mad at us. But at the same time we have something called reverence this is like the highest quality of respect that you can give God you have to respect him because he is the great I am he is the creator of all things without him nothing existed and, and nothing will ever exist without him he is who he is and so we're looking so we're look in obedience here Ephesians 2 and 10, the Bible said that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do what? To do good works. Which God prepared for us to do in advance. In the same way that God created Noah for a purpose and a plan, he created you. He created me and Brian, me to preach and me and Brian the jam. throw our papers, have fun up there but but we have a purpose. We don't just come up here just to play church. our purpose is, is, is to not only teach you the word of God, but our purpose, the best in, to our ability is to bring you into the presence of God that we may worship in spirit and truth, not in falsehood, not in lies. But getting real with God. Ephesians four eleven and 12. It was he. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God. I am called to preach. And the reason I'm called to preach is to prepare you to help others. Me and Christians have been scraping our minds on what can we do for Phil and Rhonda. It's driving us up the wall. It's like this burden upon us because we know this is God's will for us as a body of believers to work together to bring them comfort through their storm. It would not be fair to let them do this all alone. Just like when I got the call that I need to be praying for Skip and Amber's son in their house. No insurance. I said, I got insurance. I got a policy. His name is Jesus. Come on, amen. But but you see, we know who to call, when to call. Because we know that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I can't go stand and move the storm, but I can reach to the one who can. Just like you can, and, and we all can. So we work what we believe. We, 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 if we didn't have faith in God, we wouldn't even pray to God. Come on, amen, think about it. But, but we, we have enough faith to believe that He can move those mountains. He can direct those storms. He can heal that cancer. He can do whatever He says He can do and will do. So we trust it, so we have faith, and so we actually do something. You may not think it's much, but when you get on your knees and you pray to God, you're doing something. You're working what you believe in. You're believing in an unseen God who can do supernatural far and beyond what we can ask or even imagine. Amen. Now let's rewind a little bit and look in our story today and see if it lines up with the FFOs. Going back to John 4, 23 and 24. Yet a time is coming, has now come, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshiper the Father seeks. And so we begin with that first statement, the true worshipers will worship. That's a clue right there. I mean, I don't know how many times I have read that and missed that. It says, the true worshipers will worship. Oh, hallelujah. In other words, this is what we do. If you're a false worshiper, you don't care anything about worshiping God. But true worshipers, the ones who truly love Him and admire Him and and, and have awe of Him, we want to worship and we will worship because He is able to do far and beyond what we ask or imagine. We know He is worthy of our praise, so we will worship it's amazing to me to think about how many Christians in America today could care less about coming to this place called church on Sunday morning. I looked it up. It's like over 65% Americans who are saved do not attend a church. You know why? Because I worship God my own way. It contradicts the Word of God. That's why church is not just here but all across America are half empty when they should be overflowing with people ready to come and worship God. I looked into the word worship this week and I was amazed to find out what it actually means. The word for worship in the Greek is the word proskoneo. Proskoneo. You're not going to believe this. It means to kiss like a dog licking his master's hand. That's humble, isn't it? It means to crouch down and lay prostrate in special honor and special respect in homage. To completely adore with worship an expression of complete reverence and awe to the one who's worthy. I don't know how many times I've seen y'all lay flat on this ground, but I don't think so. Not once. If if we really worship, we'd get low. Get low as we can, because according to this, this is what God's calling us to do. To worship. To get our face down to the dust that we came from. Boy, that'd, that'd be a church service. Someone walk in, everybody hits the floor. Be hearing that song. Put the party hit the floor. Come on, Amen. Everybody, like, what is this? You know, because, hey, Amen. That would be that would be an extreme church. People think we would be bizarre. They would think we are aliens and strange. That's a strange church. Why? I when everybody went down. Our worship is this, which is good. Because we're going to talk about a man who did that. But according to the word, God's worship is getting low. Licking our master's hand like a dog. Hallelujah. I'll kiss it. Come on, amen. Wouldn't you kiss the hand of God? Yeah, I'll get low too. I'll kiss the toe and the toenail. I don't care. I'll get low. I love my God. Now, when I read this, some verses came to my mind, but let me share two of them in in Hebrews. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29. It says, Therefore, since we are are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful. Everybody say thankful. Let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. If we're not worshiping God, in reverence, and awe, and with thankfulness, guess what? We are not worshiping God acceptably. In other words, if you're not worshiping God, saying, God, thank you. Thank you for the storm I'm in. Thank you for the family I have. Thank you for the home that I have. Thank you for my health. Thank you for all that you've given me. That's worship. Years ago, I taught this. I know y'all remember because I've repeated it over and over. But, but my personal definition of worship is this. Worship is when you take your ship and you fill it up with what God is worth to you, and then you send it to Him. That's your worth-ship. Come on, Amen. That's a good word right there. Thank you, Mr. Bob. Worship. Fill your ship up. Fill it up with all that God's worth. Your, your finances, your, your, your love, your heart, your mercy, everything you have, just put it in there and say, Here it is, God. Whew. Worship. Send it to Him. So thankfulness is just part of worship. But I hope that you're thankful today for what God's done for you. But a true worshiper will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Now, in the Old Testament, we find a story about a true worshiper, David. And y'all remember the time that he was bringing the ark to Jerusalem and David got his dance on. Come on, amen. He was excited. He was fired up. He wasn't caring what people thought about him. And we read these words, listen. 2 Samuel six fourteen and 15. Wearing a linen ephod, David was dancing before the Lord with all his might. While he and all Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouts and sounds of trumpets. When the Bible said that David was worshiping the Lord with all his might, what it's simply saying is this. David was worshiping the Lord God with all his heart, soul, strength, and mind. In other words, when he was dancing, his mind wasn't on how hot, how hot he looked to the women. Come on, Amen. His mind wasn't on my finances. My mind went on. Any, my mind was on God. My physical body is doing all that I can. Express to God how I feel on the inside and my spirit is being poured out. Come on, amen. Because they don't tell him what he was singing. Probably singing in tongues. Hallelujah. Getting excited and fired up. While at the same time, in the same story, we find another individual looking down on David. Looking down. And and, and her name was uh, McCall. Michael, Michal, whatever her name, she was the daughter of Saul. And so here he is, worshiping God with all his heart, so strength of mind, while at the same time, someone is looking down at him. Now, when I first got saved, I had a problem of watching people worship. And so I, I had to move from the back seat to the middle, to the middle, to the second seat, to the front row. Because I found that if, as long as I'm behind somebody and I could see them, I, my focus was taken off of God and on that individual. I wasn't looking down on them, but I was really admiring them about how they loved God and how they were expressing their love. But for me to truly worship, I had to get away from everybody. And so I had to get my eyes off of them so I could get up front, then I get my own worship on. So it wasn't but, nothing but me and the worship team and God. It was almost like having church all by myself. I remember a guy named Keith in my church. I used to love to watch him worship. He wouldn't just wave his hands. He was just radical. I'm like, yes. You know, And you could tell that he was sincere about the way he was worshiping. But we're called to worship God in spirit and in truth. What this simply means is that when we worship God, we need to be truthful. About who we are. In other words, when you truly worship God in spirit and truth, to be truthful is when you take your mask of hypocrisy off. Come on, amen. Because you know the churches are full of hypocrisy. Including me. Because every one of us has a, a form of hypocrisy in a way. Going through the motions. We take off our mask. And we get right with God when we get real with God. You want to see God move on your life? Take off your mask. Quit focusing on everybody else. And get your focus on God and focus on yourself like this. One on one. Eyeball to eyeball with the Lord. In fact, the Bible tells us in Psalms 145 and 18, The Lord is near to all who call on Him in truth. Ephesians four and twenty-five. Therefore each of you put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are we are all members of one body. Matthew five and eight. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. In other words, when your heart is clean before God, you're gonna finally see God move on your life. Proverbs twelve and twenty-two. The Lord The test lying lips, but he delights in men who are truthful. Don't get up there and tell God that you're all that in a bag of chips when you know you're not. I used to pray for this guy named Kevin, and he was the the biggest redneck i ever known. And and I loved to hear him pray because he was just so red. Yeah, and he would, oh, heck, heck, Lord, you know I'm a sinner. Dang it. And I'm like, yeah. Because he was real. Lord, I had six beers last night and I should only had one. And he was just so red, and it's like, man, but he was so real with God when he prayed. And and I'd rather pray with him, Mr. Red, than I would a theologian. Oh, you know what I'm saying? With all their phoniness and bloniness. I want someone to get real with God. And so when I pray and when you pray, just confess your sins. Lord, I've been judging others. I've been talking about others. I've been looking down on others when I should have been looking at the speck of sawdust in my own eye. There's a plank in my eye, God, and help me to remove that so I can see clearly. So you can't worship God as long as you've got a tube before hanging out your eye. Can you imagine us walking? If we could see in the spiritual realm, some, some churches, people be walking in with these long boards coming out of their head. hallelujah that's how you get real six feet right there keep use the boards man here's what i found when you get real with god is that when you get real with god you find there's people that you have imprisoned in your heart people that you're not willing to forgive Jesus says, Matthew Matthew five twenty three and twenty four. Therefore, if you're offering a gift at the altar and there's and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in, the, in front of the altar. First, go and reconcile to them, then come and offer your gift. In other words, don't don't come up here and, and, and worship me and act all holiness when you will not even forgive your brother or sister for their offense, because that's not pleased to me because that's not worshiping me in spirit and in truth. You're not being truthful with yourself. You got to say I forgive you. Leave them leave them out of the equation. Get them out of your heart. If they hurt you, forgive them and move on. Other way, otherwise you're going to find that long chains you're gonna keep Pulling you back, and you got to say, I got to get away, from, I got to unlock it. The key of forgiveness, powerful key. I forgive you. And so let's end right now. Let's end on those false worshipers that God is not looking for in our time. Our world is full of people He's not looking for. He's looking for true worshipers who worship Him in what? Spirit and truth. So let's look at some false religions. Can we do that? And all we got to do is have one thing. If they do one thing wrong, it disqualifies them for true worshipers. Why? James says, James 2.10, For whoever keeps the whole law and stumbles at one point is what? Guilty of breaking all of it. You have one way of worshiping God wrong. If you do it one way wrong, you disqualify yourself. You got to be truthful you got to line it up with the Scriptures. So one of them, number one, is going to be the Jehovah false witnesses. I added the false. It sounds better to me. The Jehovah false witnesses do not believe in the Trinity of God. That's what the Old Testament or the King James calls the, the, the Godhead. Everybody say the Godhead. If you don't believe in the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, you can disqualify yourself for having true worship with God. Romans 1 and 20, King James says, For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his external power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Colossians 2 and 9, For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead power bodily in Christ is the inside of him is the fullness of the godhead in fact when we see the great commission of Christ he speaks of the godhead matthew 28 and 19 therefore go and make disciples baptizing them in the name of the, the father the son and the holy spirit come on amen number 2 The second church that is disqualified for false religion is the Mormon church. They got a great form of godliness, but they're far from the truth. In fact, they believe that Jesus and Lucifer are brothers. Come on, amen, or ouch. Now, if Christ created the devil, how could they be brothers? There's there's your proof right there, and so we read we read the proof in Colossians one fifteen and sixteen. He is Christ is the in, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and earth, visible invisible, whether thrones or powers and rulers and authorities. All things were created by him and for him. In other words, I created Satan when I created all the other angels. And show sure ain't my brother. Now understand, before I give this last one, please understand, if they're worshiping God in truth, then they cannot worship something that they have made with their very own hands. So we come to number three, the Catholic Church. Who every Sunday bow a knee to a graven image. Exodus 20, 3 through 6. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make for yourself any images or likeness of anything in heaven and earth and beneath, and that is in the water or, in the, or under the earth. Thou shalt not bow down to them or worship them for, or serve them, for I am the Lord God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquities of the fathers upon the children and third and fourth generation of them who hate me and showing mercy to a thousand generation of those who love me and keep my commands. Thou shalt not make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven or earth or anything. Just you, you cannot make an image and bow down to it and be pleasing to me. Because the moment that you bow your knee down to Mary or Joseph or whatever saint they have, the moment you do that and you kiss that feet, you have become a false worshiper in the eyes of God. And he says, next. Next. It sounds good. It looks good. It's, it's all religious. But God says, No, you disqualified. And so I, I love the Catholic people. A lot of them are very passionate about God and, and and but they're very passionate about Mary more than they are anything else. But but the Bible teaches that there's only one way to God. His name is Jesus. If you're approaching God any other way besides Jesus, then You disqualify for true worshiping. So when we come here in Millwood Church, we got one name that's above all other names. That's the name of Jesus. And we know that there's no other way to the Father except through Him. So when we get to worshiping, we're getting our Jesus dance on because we know the one who saved us and delivered us. It wasn't Joseph. It wasn't Mary. It wasn't Moses. His name is Jesus. Jesus. And it's that name, the Bible says there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. So it doesn't matter whatever these religions come up with. It may look good, sound good, feel good. If it does not line up with the Bible, it is false and it will burn in hell with the rest of it. So if you have family members who are part of the Catholic Church, then the your responsibility as a Christian to be bold enough to tell them the truth. I had to text one of my best friends today. I had a word from him. Let me tell you something. When you have to call one of your best friends on the carpet, it's not fun. Because they get really ghost. They get quiet. It's, see, everybody wants a good word oh, make me feel good, preacher. Yeah, I'll do that, but at the same time, I'm going to go right off into your mailbox because the Holy Spirit, just like He did this morning, He'll give me a direct word for you. And you'll be like, oh, I don't want to hear that goody. I'm glad you don't want to hear it because that means you do need to hear it. My old saying was years ago when I first started preaching was this. When I throw a rock in a pack of dogs, and the first one that hollers the loudest got hit the hardest. Hallelujah. Ooh, hallelujah. So when they cart coming up at me like this, I'm like, yahoo, got them on the head. Because I know when they do that, they just got a word from someone who loves them. Because my Bible said that God disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone who accepts him as, a, as his son. He punishes us. Why? Because he's trying to improve us. He's trying to cut off the wickedness in our life. We're in this process called pruning. Everybody say pruning. In other words, if we're going to bear fruit to God, he's going to cut us and cut us and cut us. And it's going to hurt and it's going to hurt. But he's going to keep cutting until we produce good fruit. So every time you leave here going, praise God. Because if you leave here every Sunday, yeah, I feel great. But you never change. You didn't get nothing from the Lord. He's always cutting on me every day. I wish you'd just cut my tongue off sometime because that tongue is crazy. Come on, amen or ouch. (laughs) Let's all stand. I want you to close your eyes this morning. And I want us to do something this morning. I want us to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. In other words, your eyes are closed, your neighbor's eyes are closed, so nobody cares what you're doing right now. If you feel it in your spirit to do it, then raise your hands. Stretch them out. You may want to get low. Whatever it is that God's calling you to do, then then do it. Be truthful with yourself. Is there someone in my life I need to forgive? Let them go. Forgive them. Have I been playing church? Cut that off. Raise your hands and just praise God in truth. Am I judging others? Cut it off. The Bible said it'd be better to cut one eye out than pluck it and burn in hell. Come on, amen? Remove that stuff that's causing you to stumble that you can come into the presence of God and fear God with reverence and awe because He's the one that can save you Or condemn you. And I thank God that Jesus came that we shall not be condemned. And if you are saved today, you have something to praise Him about. Thank Him about every drop that falls from heaven today. Every drop of rain is worthy of His praise. Every little breath you breathe is worthy of His praise. Every time your heart beats in a day's time think about how many times it beats every time it beats and your blood is being pushed through your body he's worthy of praise every time you drive by a cemetery and you're not in it you got something to praise God about I'm wondering how many people got cured of the COVID and and, and now they don't even care about even coming to church after God has set them free from the affliction of the devil come on amen amen Man, if I had a death-threatening disease and God set me free, I'd be the first one in church and the last one to leave. Man, we need to get excited about Jesus. We need to get on fire about God. You know, i got to play next Saturday night. I can't wait because I know I'm going to the den of devils. I'm not even going to get on stage until after midnight. Man, my bedtime is 10 o'clock. What am I supposed to do? I'm going to have to get up. Drink me a monster drink or something. I don't know. But I'm going to have to energize myself and get ready to witness before, God's, before God and, and the people who are going to get saved that night. I'm going to be bold enough to tell the truth. I might never, never get to go, come back to that club ever again. Too much preaching. It's worth it. If one person hears the truth. Are y'all going to pray for me? Am I going in there by myself? I better have the angels camped around me. I better have God's people praying for me. Helping to say the right thing. Helping to be smooth with his language. Father, I praise you in the name of Jesus. I glorify you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now, Father, in the name of Christ, bless your people. If someone needs to be saved today, God, I ask them just to make the way right now. If you want to be saved... I don't care if you're 6, if you're 20, or 80. If you want to be saved, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. I'll lead you and introduce you to Jesus Christ right now. He lives inside of me. Father, bless your people. We love you in Jesus' name.